Welcome to Cornerstone, a podcast by Rebuild Fellowship. On today's episode, Pastor Chuck will continue his message, which is titled, Turn Your Pain Into Praise. This message is a part of his broader Bear Fruit series, and in this part of the series, he is focusing on renewing our minds. The primary text for this message is Genesis 29, verses 16 through 35, and today, Pastor Chuck will get started right away in verse 26. So if you have your Bibles, please turn over to Genesis 29, 26 right now. Let's join in with Pastor Chuck. Verse 26, and Laban said, it must not be done so in our country to give the younger before the firstborn. Fulfill her week and we will give you this one also for the service which you will serve with me still another seven years. Now watch this. This man didn't say, hold on, partner. We had an agreement. I'll do those seven years I'm supposed to get Rachel. You deceived me. You tricked me. No, 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 no. You need to honor the cup. You need to honor the contract. You need to honor the deal. We, we, we had it. He didn't even, he didn't even argue. Watch this. It says verse 28. He says, then Jacob did so and fulfilled her week. So he gave him his daughter, Rachel, as wife also. And Laban gave his maid, Bilhah, to his daughter, Rachel, as a maid. Then Jacob also went into Rachel, and he also loved Rachel more than Leah. Listen, he also loved Rachel more than Leah, and he served with Laban still another seven years. Watch this, family. Total 14 years. This man served to be her husband. 14 years. He didn't didn't argue. He probably felt some type of way, but he didn't argue. He fulfilled another seven years. Then watch this, verse 31. When the Lord saw that Rachel was unloved, he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. So Leah conceived and bore a son, and she called his name Reuben, for she said, the Lord has surely looked on my affliction. Now, therefore, my husband will love me. Verse 33, then she conceived again and bore a son and said, because the Lord has heard that I am unloved. Listen to how this is building up. Verse 31 says that when the Lord saw that she was unloved, listen to how she's experiencing, how she's processing it. Verse 33, then she conceived again and bore a son and said, because the Lord has heard that I am unloved, he has therefore given me this son also. And she called his name Simeon. Verse 34, she conceived again and bore a son and said, now this time, my husband will become attached to me because I have borne him three sons. Sons were very important back in that day. It was another way of showing your, your prominence or stature in the community. It was also a way of, of, of affirming wealth and continued legacy on in your, in your family, excuse me, in your family there. It was a way that, 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 that generational wealth would begin to be established also through the sons. And so here it is, she's giving him three sons and she said, verse 34 again, she conceived again and bore a son and said, now this time, my husband will become touch me. He has to love me. He has to want to hold me. He has to want to uh, um, um, be intimate with me because now I have borne him three sons, surely, his eyes will be towards me. Therefore, she named him Levi, excuse me. Verse 35, and she conceived again and bore a son and said, now I will praise the Lord. Hope you've been paying attention to how she's been speaking, how she's been naming. She says, watch this. She said, and she conceived again and bore a son and said, now, now I will praise the Lord. Therefore, she called his name Judah. Then she stopped bearing. Family, I want to bring back that sermon title again. This is now where we see 
where we turn, watch this, where we turn our pain into the Lord's praise. Where we turn our, our pain of life to praise to the author of life. Three things I want to show you real quick. First thing I want to show you in verse 31, watch this. For three things I want us to see, observations, consideration. First thing I want us to see, I want to see her problem. Her problem is found in the first part of verse 31. Watch this. When the Lord says, watch this. The Lord says, saw, excuse me, the Lord saw she was unloved. The Lord saw that she was unloved, family. Problem. Out of all that she's strive to do to be loved by I, I can't imagine uh, how she grew up in the family it's not in the text we can only imagine what this particular be but being compared between her younger sister that she's not more beautiful she's she's not more she's she, she's not more fitting for a husband than her younger sister is I can only imagine growing up in that household and hearing maybe some of the things that she's heard or maybe experience some of the responses that she received from her from her father especially that she was not loved because there was this constant comparing and contrast between the two. So much so that that's all the text indicates that she had weak eyes and compared to her sister who was a beautiful, uh, beautiful in appearance and form, I can only imagine what she had to go through all of her life growing up and being compared to her sister. Some of you may have dealt with that in your life. Some of you have may experience that between siblings, and I, and I, I just want to just, just pause right here and just encourage you that you're not unlovable, that you're still worthy to be loved, that you are still, as the Bible says, you're still fearfully and wonderfully made in him. We were all made in the image and likeness of God, and so today I hope that you would release that to the Lord. That place where you have felt rejected, that you've never been accepted, and, and maybe that has played out through sibling relationships. Maybe that has played out for you in other relationships, maybe between just your parents alone. Maybe that has played out for you in the workplace, and the list goes on and on. But where it is, you are worthy to be loved. Jesus Christ made that abundantly clear when he came for all of mankind and shed his precious blood and died for us on Calvary's cross. You can and are worthy to be loved. Here's the second thing I want to show us from that, real quickly. Second thing I want to show us is the pain that she experienced. The problem was she was, she was unlovable for reasons that she has no control over. It led her to develop this pain. We see this in verses 32 through 34, where she conceived and bore a son, and she named him according to her pain. What's the first thing she communicates? She communicates the affliction that she's in. She says, the Lord has surely looked on my affliction. Now, therefore, my husband will love me. She's first of all acknowledging and identifying her affliction. The second thing she points out, then she conceived and bore another son because the Lord has heard that I am loved, unloved. He has therefore given me this son also. So now, right, she's leaning into this even more, that place of affliction even more. And it's creating like this bit of this, this apathy. She's, 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 she's heartbroken. And it just continues to build because what she would desire from, 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 from her husband, what she would desire from even probably from her father, she never received it. So all she knows how to process is pain. 
Verse 34, she conceived again and bore a son and said, now this time my husband will become attached to me because I have borne him three sons. Therefore, his name was called Levi. One, she recognized that she is afflicted. She believes that her affliction will lead to approval and acceptance at some point. Because she's, she's, she's bearing these sons for her husband and she's saying, this is, this is the thing that's going to get me favor. This is the thing that's going to, to, to earn me uh, attention and affection. These are the things, this work that I'm doing, and that's, the, that's what we do, family, in church and, and with Christ. We feel that our works are going to get approval, that our works are going to get accepted, that our works are going to affirm, affirm us. But the Apostle Paul told us in Ephesians, it's not by works that we can boast. It's grace through faith that we are saved. And for some of us today, it's time to release that, that I don't have to do these things to earn the Lord's favor. He's already given that to me by what he did for me on Calvary's cross. When he defeated sin on Friday, the enemy on Saturday, and death on Sunday, he did it for me with me on his mind. I don't have to do these things to earn the Lord's favor to earn the Lord's attention, to earn the Lord's affection. He loves me because that's just his nature. That's his character. That's who he is and what he's proven. Hallelujah. See, then she believes Jacob will attach to her. So much so she no longer, watch this, she no longer identifies the Lord anymore. She no longer, she no longer mentions. Watch what she does in the first two times. The first, the first child, Right? With Reuben, she names him according to this. The Lord has surely seen my affliction. She acknowledges that the Lord has seen her affliction. The second son, Simeon, she says, because the Lord has heard. The Lord has seen her and the Lord has heard that, that she is unloved. So the Lord, she has recognized that the Lord is in tune with her. The Lord is paying attention to her. Watch the third son. She mentions the, she does not mention the Lord. She doesn't say his covenant name, Yahweh, the name, the, the, the Lord, the Lord God. She doesn't even recognize that he's a covenant keeping God anymore because the pain has set in so deep. She totally dismisses the fact that he's a way maker, a promise keeper, a miracle worker anymore. She doesn't even acknowledge him. She says, watch this. Now this time my husband. Her focus, although it was difficult to focus on the Lord, but she could clearly recognize that the Lord saw her and the Lord heard her. And now with that third son, I guess she felt like the Lord has totally has moved from her. And now she focuses on Jacob. Now this time, my husband will become attached to me because I have borne him three sons. In her eyes, in her eyes, pun intended, life could not get any worse. Think about how bitter her soul has become. You're married to a man who desires your more attractive younger sister than you. You've given him three sons. You've grown up in a household where it was clearly communicated that your younger sister was the most favorite sister. All you tried to do was just be you and be seen for who you are. And hopes, watch this, watch this, and hopes that eventually this man who is her husband would love her and watch this, be the void filler in her life. She begins to name her sons according to the emotion that she is experiencing or processing in that moment. Here's an observation. How are you naming your current season? 
Are you naming your current season based off your pain? Or are you naming your current season based off a promise of God? Do you, do you realize that we have the ability uh, uh, um, to be able to speak those things that are not as though they were? Do you know that, that, that life and death is in the power of the tongue? Do you know we, 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 we begin to speak life over our situation and circumstances? And in this moment, she was naming, watch this, she was naming her children based off her pain. Still acknowledging that the Lord saw her, that the Lord heard her. Still acknowledging her desire to be loved by her husband. But she was processed, she was naming her situation, her circumstances, her sons in this case, her sons in this case, based off how she was processing her emotions or her pain. The fact that she was unloved in that moment. Family, what are you naming your season right now? What are you naming your season right now? Can you begin to name it according to a promise of God? Can, can, you, can you begin to, to, to allow your mind to be renewed with a promise of God and begin to look at your situation and circumstance and say, oh, this is what, but I name this joy. I, I, I don't look at this as sorrow anymore. I, name, I, I don't look at this as confusion anymore. I'm going to name this wisdom, the Lord's wisdom. I, I, I'm not going to label this. I, I'm going to name this now peace. Not confusion. Can we begin to, to, to look at our situations and circumstances and get a promise of the Lord and begin to name that situation accordingly, even if it doesn't look like it, even if it doesn't feel like it, even though if we can't see it in the natural, can you begin to now see it in the spirit? Death and life is in the power of the tongue. And those that live by it, eat the fruit thereof. I got I to get moving. I got to get moving. I don't want to hold you all too long. Here leads us to the last observation is her praise. She had a Popeye moment. Got all these eye puns going on right now. She had a Popeye moment. That's all I can stands and I can't stands no more. This is the way that she now became unstuck. I'm not going to stay in this place. I remember I got off track. I, 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 before Peter had his moment on the water where, where, where his eyes uh, 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 weren't fixed on the Lord anymore, they began to look at the wind and the waves that were happening for it and, and, and had him sink. She, in like manner, had that moment. She saw that the Lord saw her affliction. She acknowledged that. She knew that the Lord had heard her. But watch this. Now, the third son... She doesn't acknowledge him anymore. The Lord, that is, doesn't acknowledge him with that third son. But now she's like, uh-uh, 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 no more. That's all I can stand, and I can't stand no more. This time, I will praise God. So she named that son Judah. Family, I want to encourage you. I want to, I want to nudge you in to the power of, uh, of Leah's revelation in this moment. The power that she accessed by believing, listen, my God can do anything but fail. 
Isn't that what he said in Exodus? He said, when their groanings came before him, he heard their cries, he had seen their afflictions, and he remembered his covenant. In that moment, she says, I remember the Lord God. She now put his name back on it. I remember this time I will praise the Lord. I remember that he's a covenant-keeping God. And now I begin to act accordingly. Family, that's all I want you to do. I know some of you, yes, 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 yes. It's time to stop. Listen, we're still in a pandemic. We're still dealing with COVID. But can we please, can we please, can we please not focus so more on COVID and now begin to focus more on Christ? Yes, COVID had an impact. Yes, COVID has done some horrendous things in our world. Yes, we lost over 500,000 people, and that's not to bat an eye. That's not to ignore. That is for us to lament and grieve and learn from, and we pray for for those families. We pray for those people who have been working on the front line still. We pray, we pray, and we pray, and we pray. But family, I know the word tells us to rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, but to be constant in prayer. Can we take our focus on the wind and the waves that this season of life has provided and focus on the one who continues to walk on the water, who could tell the waves to be still and keep quiet? I think it's time. I think it's time. And listen, I'm not telling you, listen, hear me clearly. Let me be clear once again. I'm not saying that what you have endured in this season or what you're currently enduring in this season is not to be taken seriously. I'm saying that I'm not telling you to just, just, just kind of uh, uh, um, 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 pull yourselves up by your bootstraps to never let them see you sweat. I'm not saying that at all. What I am saying is you have a God who sees you, who God who has heard your cries, but most important, you have a covenant-keeping God, a God who remembers his covenant and who has promised and has declared and proven that he will be with you. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will feel no evil because your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If we're going to build ourselves in our most holy faith, we got to grab hold of this holy word. And that's where we'll stop and pause for today. Thank you for taking your time with us today. If you would like to learn more about our church or have us pray for you in any way, you can find us at www.rebuildchurch.com. That is www.rebuildchurch.com. Our church meets in Durham, North Carolina, and if you're looking for a church to attend, we'd love to have you join us. We meet weekly at 10 a.m. on Sunday, and you can find more details about what to expect and where we are on our website. You can also find our full services on our YouTube channel. Please join us for our next episode as Pastor Chuck finishes off his message, which is titled, Turn Your Pain Into Praise. Thank you.